podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us for our podcast entitled, Creative Interactive Events Incorporating International Schools in K-12 Education. And I would like to welcome today, we have a special guest, Scott Anderson from the NASA Marshall Space Flight Center, Greg Pitzer from the Ames Research Center, and last but not least, Marcy Powell, Global Director of Education at Polycom. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. I also should mention that Marcy is a USDLA Chair Emeritus and is still very involved with USDLA and thank you for your help and support with uh, USDLA initiatives. Thank you. I thought I'd like to first start, since there's three of you, if you could maybe share a little with us, the audience, about your professional background and what you do for your specific organizations. Uh, Scott, did you want to start? My name is Scott Anderson and I work at the NASA Marshall Space Flight Center. And the area that I work in is a program called the Digital Learning Network. And in short, this is video conferencing for NASA education. Each of our NASA centers had a production studio where we present video conferences to schools around the country and as you'll hear a little bit more about in today's podcast, also around the world. Great. Thank you very much, Scott. Greg? Yes, I work at the NASA Ames Research Center in California. I do a similar job as Scott does, just at a different NASA center. We are 10 NASA centers around the country, and we are all have a background in education who now like to use our education background to present to students via video conference. Thank you very much, Greg. And Marcy? Well, I work with Polycom in the education team, and I have the opportunity to work with schools and universities all over the world and help them with their distance learning projects. What actually sparked the three of you to work together? Well, it's really kind of funny if I can share, guys, is that okay? <laughs> uh, I was at uh, the NET conference, which is now called ISTE, but uh, I happened to grab lunch and went and fi to find a place to sit down, and there was no place to sit. And I saw a group sitting on the floor, so I went and sat down, and I just happened to sit down with Bob Starr. Dr. Robert Starr is the head of the NASA DLN network, and uh, he was sitting there with a Discovery Channel talking about NASA's 50th birthday and how they wanted to celebrate it. And Discovery Channel had uh, created 18 videos for schools to use, kind of marking all the progress and things that had happened through NASA over the 50 years. And so as I listened to them, Marilyn, I thought, you know what? We have a National Distance Learning Week coming up with USDLA. I was president for USDLA at the time. And I said, can I interject? And they turned and looked at me and said, well, okay. And I introduced myself. And when I said that I was with USDLA, Bob's face lit up. And I explained that I thought this would be a wonderful way to reach out through distance learning 
across the globe and market what they were doing and the, what the resources, valuable resources they have. And so that's how our first international event was born, the concept of celebrating NASA's 50th birthday. I just want to add one thing in presentation is on working with international schools. My, one of my first interactions with Marcy was when I was a teacher in Austin, Texas, I was doing video conferencing and I was looking for a school in Mexico to partner with a Spanish teacher and Marcy was the person who was able to put me in touch with a school in Mexico. So that was kind of my first experience with an international audience. I know the three of you have incredible experience working with an international audience. Could you share with us what type of events you believe resonate with global audiences? Everybody who was, you know, a lot of the time remembers when we first landed on the moon. Um, that was a worldwide event, monumental event. That was a great significance then, whether you are a United States citizen or a citizen of another country. And so the 40th anniversary of that event is equally a monumental uh, milestone and allows us to see where we've come from that point 40 years ago to what we've accomplished now and how we've really been an international space agency. We've worked with different, obviously we're a U.S. space agency, but we've worked with a variety of different international countries to really promote space exploration. And it is a truly international endeavor. In that sense, it resonates with a worldwide audience. Well, and also we have the International Space Station, which is a home in space that we're building countries from around the world. So that's another topic that's international as well. And I might add that NASA had for many years with their distance learning network offering using all types of medium of distance learning to offer content into schools and their video conferencing capabilities as they did all U.S. schools because they are a U.S. government agency were really serving U.S. schools daily with amazing content. So when we began to look at what kind of content would resonate internationally we thought, how do we take their relationships across the U.S. and then expand that to other countries? Could you tell me about some of your partnership activities over the last decade or so? Well, first partnership activity we did with USDLA and NASA was celebrating NASA's 50th anniversary. NASA was created in 1958, and we wanted to kind of celebrate all the accomplishments NASA has done in conjunction with other international uh, countries as well. We want to kind of highlight some of the achievements that have been, milestones that have been reached over the past 50 years at that time. And so we worked with each NASA center has highlighted one of their significant events over those 50 years. And we partnered with a U.S. school and a international school where we kind of shared that expertise let me elaborate, Greg, if you don't mind. So what we did was set up 10 hours of video conferencing events all day long for the hugest birthday bash or anniversary bash you could ever imagine. And each hour, like Greg was saying, we would connect to a different, whether it was Marshall Space Flight Center, Ames Research Center, Kennedy Space Center, Johnson Space Center, each one of the 10 distance learning sites. And we would connect at the top of the hour to a different one and partner, like Greg said, with a U.S. school and an international school. And we celebrated their birthday. And what was really beautiful, and this is uh, Dr. Starr's, one of his favorite parts of that event, was that it, we saved that even though they got to speak to a research scientist, a, an astronaut, the person that invented the Mars rover, you know, all these milestones Greg was talking about. Um, at the end, we saved the last few minutes for each country or school in the U.S. to wish happy birthday to NASA in their style. And so we actually had 
from New Zealand, a Maori dance and song. We had a mariachi band from Mexico. And we had just amazing content come from everywhere from Slovenia to India to all across the world that participated every hour at the top of an hour. We do a video conference from each of the NASA centers around the country. That sounds fantastic. How do you actually select the schools who participate in your projects? The U.S. schools, we set out a advertisement, a request for schools that would be interested. Schools that may have had some type of relationship with NASA in the past, may have done a NASA education activity in the past as well. We look for schools that you know, may have a, a relationship to one of the accomplishments that that NASA center is going to be talking about there in their one-hour presentation. Those are some of the factors that go into selecting the U.S. school. And from the international side, which is really what I helped with, there were some that we knew had a connection, like when we did the Apollo 11 40th anniversary. We went to Iceland, for example, and knew a school that was right near where the NASA astronauts trained a little bit before they went up into space to land on the moon. So we would use those types of connections. We had one school in Canada where one of the International Space Station astronauts' sister was a teacher in that district. And so we would use them. And we used some social networking sites like Capspace, which is collaborations around the planet, which is like a Facebook environment, to put out the collaboration celebrating this event and would get responses from all over the world of schools that said they wanted to participate. Once the schools are selected, how do you actually engage them? Well, one of the things that we tried to do with the schools for uh, most of our partnerships is we involved them in some sort of pre-activity. And so that was one of the things that we worked on. I think for the, uh, the 40th anniversary, we had a, an art uh, request for the students to submit some artwork. And so they had drawn something up or painted something up or, or maybe even made it on the computer. And we were able to play these in a video for the students that they were partnering with so they could share their artwork. And so that's one of the ways we try to engage them before the video conference. We try to make sure that they have good background information about what that subject's going to be, what the presentation's going to cover. I'll make sure they have information so they can be prepared to engage a speaker with educational questions and I'm sure there have been a ton of challenges. Could you share some of those challenges with us? Obviously working with schools around the world, you are working with schools come from a variety of different time zones, a variety of different technologies, a variety of different cultural background, customs, and languages. Languages. <laughs> languages is one of the challenges because oftentimes we would have a, a translator in the classroom. And so some of the schools had technology in place that would allow the translation not to be a disruption. The purpose of the program was to have this partnership, and so dealing with the translation issue was just fine. Like your activity with Argentina in one of ours. Exactly. They had some special technology in place that allowed a translator to translate live while I was speaking in English, and the students could hear and understand, and then when they responded, she would translate back, and it was basically a headset and a microphone, but this allowed the noise in the room to be minimal. Excellent. I know you have future plans. Could you share some of them with us? We're always looking for new ideas that will resonate, like we said earlier, with a, the global audience. We are definitely talking about new ideas for this upcoming year, so what ways NASA can share some of our expertise with the world. 
I think we'll we'll definitely be uh, advertising this fairly soon. I'm definitely be looking to do something with the National Distance Learning Week in November. And we're looking at also not only just doing STEM projects or activities like science, technology, engineering, math, but maybe doing something with arts and humanities and bringing a whole other aspect into what curricular area we address. So we haven't really formulated exactly what that's going to look like. We we're in the brainstorming session and a plan on meeting in the next few weeks to pull some things together. And the two websites you can find more information about this as it becomes available. Of course, it's nasa.gov and usdla.org. Thank you, Scott, Greg, and Marcy. I was actually going to ask you if you'd be willing to share contact information with the listeners. You just gave us a website. Was there any other contact information, Marcy? Did you want well, to share? Well, mine's easy because it's M as in Marcy Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L. So mpowell at usdla.org. People interested specifically in NASA video conferencing to our website, DLN, as in digital learning network.nasa.gov. And you'll see all of our special events listed there. And you can register for any of their ongoing regular events as well at that site. Scott, Greg, Marcy, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us today. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like more information about USDLA, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.